0: You are listening to the Stream UK and Alison and Partners podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Stream UK and Alison and Partners podcast. We've made it to the end of our first season. Yes, it's episode eight. My name is Andrew Rogers and I'm very pleased to welcome back to the London Studio Account Director, Lizzie Chesters. Welcome.
0: Hi Andrew. Uh,
1: so this month we're pulling out our crystal ball and we're going to take a look into the future. Uh, <laughs> we'll be making our 2020 predictions when it comes to the communications, PR and marketing industry. And we've also made the really smart decision to record it all in a podcast so we can listen back at the end of 2020 and see just how wrong we were. But I think we'll probably make some pretty accurate predictions today. We've uh, had a bit of a chat earlier to kind of see what we thought might be kind of the key things, especially based on what our clients are talking about, what the industry is talking about and, and what's exciting. So Lizzie, if you're happy for me to throw it over to you to, to kick off with, what would be one of your main predictions to keep an eye out for next year?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think a greater use of podcasts is going to be a big one. We're already seeing a few of our clients recognising its value for them. And in fact, we've already started recording for a couple of them. And I just think that's going to grow. With a podcast, you can communicate your messages. It's actually relatively easy to do if you've got the right spokespeople. I guess podcasts are just another string to your bow. For example, you can do them if you're already hosting an event just recording a little snapshot with your spokespeople that are there Um, is a great way to kind of communicate the insights and trends with your your customers in in a more informal fun way
1: and i suppose we've also seen the rise of the one-off podcast so i know this is something we've done for some of our clients here Mm. this year i think it's becoming less of a massive commitment in terms of putting together a full series uh, and the ability to kind of tell those individual stories Um, i'm thinking of This year where uh, McDonald's actually put together a podcast in the US that really told a very specific story in their marketing journey uh, around the partnership they did, how that kind of spiraled out and actually got quite a few negative headlines at the time, but using that as an opportunity to then tell the story behind it in podcast format, Mm. which really worked very well in terms of communicating that story. And that was an interesting use of kind of taking a more corporate comm story and making it more friendly for the general public Mm. through a podcast format.
0: Yeah, i suppose it's actually when you think about kind of the evolution of content marketing as well, you know, people consume so much on their computers and in the same way that someone might search for a topic, you know, an article might come up, but then also a podcast might come up. And I think people are more open to listening to their news these days rather than just reading it.
1: And of course, the algorithm on on google has changed slightly as well again this year so i think for the first time this year you can now be directed straight through to google podcasts where that is possible so for example if you google a certain company and a certain topic if there's a relevant podcast that will come straight up on the search page Mm. so there's no need to dive in and so compared with maybe a written blog that you might have to kind of search around for this is something that's playable and clickable straight from the search and without even potentially having to go through A company website which is which is quite interesting in terms of that discoverability
0: and actually you know we're all getting so busy I think people like to be able to listen to something in the background when they're doing something else so like especially in the work environment you might be just reading through your emails but then if you've got a podcast you can listen to at the same time then you know that's great
1: And what about looking away from audio content and more at kind of video content? Because, of course, that's going to continue to be very big next year. But how do we see that evolving in 2020?
0: Something that I've kind of been talking to a few people about is how video can accompany a new story. So now if you go to, you know, the Independent, the BBC websites, there'll be the news story. And at the top of it, there's quite often a, a video it might be one of their reporters or it might just be some B roll. But I think now publications themselves are really valuing video. We've known for a while that they always want images, and sometimes you can get a story placed almost purely on whether you have some interesting uh, images that can accompany it. But now, as people are reading news online more and more, videos are really becoming a kind of natural complement to those stories.
1: Absolutely. And I suppose also the format that videos take is very much changing. There's a bit more of a switch these days to content that's less professional and polished. And although that is really important and has its place, there is also kind of more sharing of content that is maybe a bit more rough and ready. And I'm thinking especially if you look at what uh, younger generations are doing on platforms like TikTok and Snapchat, Mm. where they're using uh, relatively simple but quite powerful uh, video editing apps yeah. to then slice together some really amazing pieces of content that, that do a lot of good, really uh, reach really wide audiences. That's kind of a different direction, I think, for video, where us as marketers, we need to have a think about, are there certain instances where perhaps we are using budget in the right way, or are there places where actually we could be doing something a bit more dynamic and exciting with more basic video editing but it's actually more fun and more suited to the platforms we're working on.
0: Yeah, you're right. I think you know the quality of the cameras on phones means that everyone can be, you know, can film a video very quickly and easily. I think depending on kind of what you're trying to achieve with that video, yeah, you don't necessarily need a really high-end piece of content. Yes, maybe for a more corporate environment where you want to interview the CEO, that's where you would really need the the production to be quite high but if you want to go to a trade show and show what products are on offer maybe what your top five toys are for the year then you can actually do that really easily and you can demonstrate how they work what they look like uh, and it's much more engaging
1: we touched on it briefly there but the role of influencers across Campaigns and also just influence more generally is is something that will obviously be important for us to keep an eye on in 2020. I know that you specifically pulled out B2B influences as Mm. something to keep an eye on next year.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think in the past we've done some work with our clients around kind of getting paid influence to to come along to their events and maybe then write three pieces of content off the back of it, but. I think these relationships are actually going to evolve over the next few years. Kind of as these influencers grow their social presence and kind of the various channels that that they communicate on get kind of multiply. So now rather than the influencer just producing maybe three articles about the announcements at the event, they might be able to interview someone from our client on on their own podcast or actually endorse some research done by a client um, or do a piece of research alongside a client or maybe write a book together you know that there are so many different possibilities now that I don't think have been explored but I think influencers in the b2b space are really growing in value and our clients are recognizing that
1: and why do you think there's now the ability to have those kind of breakout moments now? Does it help that platforms like LinkedIn are now becoming more mature and more well used? Is it that people are now becoming more open to the idea of collaborating with B2B brands? Or, I mean, what do you think is gonna kind of push that forward?
0: I think part of it is actually individuals having their own brand. Like if you think about LinkedIn, it's, it's your own profile, isn't it? So you are there as an individual Yes, you're representing your company, but really it's your own ideas. And it's a network. So you're networking with those influencers on a personal level. It's it's not, you know, Alison and Partners talking to this person. It's Lizzie Chester's talking to that person. So I think building those relationships is easier than ever before as well.
1: And to pick up on that, but go in a slightly different direction, I know that there are certain brands we've worked with where we're looking at employee advocacy Mm. and how we can use their own employees to tell an interesting story um, from their side. And we did, we touched on this in other podcasts, so I don't want to talk about it too much, but the idea of purpose and the idea of communicating what it is that brands care about Mm. and that being an important driver for consumer decision, but also B2B, um, you know, choosing the right supplier or vendor, it's also really quite important. Mm. Do we feel there's now more of a focus on how brands can use their employees in the communications, or is there further to go? And 2020 will actually be the year when more brands really start to try and crack that.
0: I think trust is a big issue for consumers, and actually, I think it's becoming more of an issue for employees as well. If you think about, I don't know, executive scandals where an email chain has been published and It's kind of thrown light on a culture, an organisation that might not be that great. People want to be an advocate of their employer and they want to work in a nice organisation. And if they do work somewhere like that, then they're going to happily promote that.
1: And the examples of this that always come to my mind are where you have those moments on social media where employees will say something that happened in the workplace and they just go viral so quickly. Mm. Um, And for big brands, those are messages that they can't control and actually shows why a comm strategy needs to be more rooted in the bigger, wider business goals. Um, And it can't just be something that kind of can put that sheen over the whole thing. It actually needs to run deep within the organization to make it work because ultimately if you still have employees... Who feel that they're not aligned with the message that you're going out to the general public with that will show through and everyone's got their followers and everyone's got their ability to to broadcast to the world and that's not going away anytime soon
0: you know you can't escape the the issue of having a disgruntled employee voice their issues online and i, I know they'd probably get reprimanded if if that did happen but the, the damage is is done by that
1: point So I'm going to change topic completely, move away from B2B slightly, but have a look more generally at kind of the movement when it comes to social platforms mm-hmm. um, and the different forums that we're looking at these days. It's been a long time when we've been focusing on platforms, Facebook and Twitter being the obvious ones that always come up in a lot of meetings. Yeah. But 2019 was already a year when there was much less focus on those, much more understanding I feel amongst our clients that these are not. The social networks. There are so many other platforms out there that might be more appropriate. Mm. And I think the other thing is really understanding that there's much more of a switch to people conducting their lives. Um, And I know there's plenty of research that shows that, especially younger generations, feel this way, Um, spending less time publicly broadcasting your life and more time in those kind of smaller forums. So,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, the example that always comes to my mind is the WhatsApp group chat or the Mm. Facebook Messenger group chat, people are much more likely now to share recommendations for products or experiences they've had with shops with more select groups than they are to broadcast it to much wider audiences. Uh, And the challenge that that then has is, and, and something that will need to be a focus for 2020, is how do you measure that and how do you actually keep a track of how your campaigns are doing within closed, private, and in many cases encrypted formats? Yeah,
0: that's true. I suppose ultimately maybe that'll turn into more of a dependence on relying on sales figures and how your campaign impacts those. Yeah, it might you might kind of have to go back to grassroots almost in that respect.
1: And I think just the main thing is really being smart about those KPIs. Because mm. there was a very long time where you could this has been shared X many times and Facebook says that there's been this many people who've seen it, which also we now know was not always very reliable in <laughs> yeah. every single case. But I think getting more smart about those metrics and being aware that campaigns can spread online in very different ways that are probably more impactful, to be honest, mm. and finding a way to measure that that makes sense yeah. is going to be very important. And, you know, obviously we have our measurement team here at Alison & Partners, and a lot of what they do is really coming up with smart and intelligent ways to keep track of how our campaign's performing and not just in those traditional senses that, that aren't really capturing the full picture.
0: Mm, I think it's also important, more important than than ever, to work out which one of those channels is going to be most valuable to you. You know, there's no point in getting hundreds of retweets if your target audience isn't necessarily going to be, you know, purchasing off the back of those. Whereas if you can do a very niche campaign on, say, Facebook, like using a group space, that might be far more successful
1: and more generally, I think privacy. Mm. Like already a big thing in 2019. I think in 2020, trust in big tech is at an all-time low. Definitely. Um, not entirely unjustified either. But I do think that that's not going to recover anytime soon. And as people share less, that presents a problem, especially when we still have clients, in some cases, You know, asking us, okay, how do I make a video go viral? Or how do I make yeah <laughs> how to make people talk about this online how to make them share it and that presents new problems and that's not to say that that's not possible but it does take new techniques and using a kind of 2020 mindset of okay this is why someone would share something mm. rather than kind of the old thinking of 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 why people share all aspects of their lives
0: i think actually that kind of turns us towards the whole data conversation Because we do have so much data now, I think it's easier to be able to pinpoint kind of what content might work, when it will work, where it will work. I know that there are even some companies that are able to measure what emotions people are having when they're reading or viewing a particular piece of content and kind of what outcome that will drive as well. So I think being able to predict customer behaviour is improving Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, we're yet to see in terms of privacy, etc. But I think that will kind of feed into PR campaigns as well.
1: And I agree, we should should talk more about data because, I mean, one thing we can definitely say for certain about 2020, and this is a prediction that I'm sure won't come back to haunt us, is that more data than ever before will be generated in Mm. 2020. And the amount of data that's created just um, expands every year by huge amounts. But of course, the big question is, what's the point if you don't use it effectively? And I know that this is something that we've been looking at recently in terms of how data can then be used effectively by marketers.
0: Yeah. So we recently uh, published a report called How to Turn Data into Marketing Gold, which was looking at how marketing departments use data and how they want to use it more in the future and the challenges that they are experiencing in in terms of being able to use it more and what we found is a lot of them are trying to use data and they think that they're using it well but really uh, kind of if if you delve a little bit deeper into the story there's so much more that they can do There are so many more sources out there that they can use. And as we do get more and more data, there's going to be a lot more difficulty in actually sifting through this data and working out which is actually going to be useful, which is going to be able to provide an insight and which is usable to actually be able to, to drive value. But fortunately, a lot of the respondents that we had are going to be investing in kind of data analytics moving forward. Um, a majority said that they're actually already planning on investing in that sort of technology. So I think marketing departments are realising that it's incredibly important. It's something that they need to be focusing on. But I think they need a little bit more guidance as to kind of where and how and what they need
1: so I feel like we've made a lot of predictions and really stuck our nets out on those 2020 uh, marketing, communications, PR areas that are either going to change or evolve or be key areas of focus. Mm. Um, I think more generally in 2020, there are so many things that we can already look forward to, that are going to be such big cultural moments. Uh, If you look at the Olympics in Tokyo, uh, obviously there's going to be another presidential election. Um, I'm sure there'll be another series of Love Islands, which we'll all be glued to again. Um, (laughs) I got a text. (laughs) (laughs) But there are so many areas where I think we can make predictions. And for us, it's about making sure we have those scheduled in and we're working to take advantage of the cultural zeitgeist but also being aware that things change um things can spring out out of nowhere mm. um and we can make our predictions here uh and look ahead and say okay these things are what looks interesting but I'm sure looking back at the end of next year there'll be things we hadn't even considered um that we're going to really take over the mindset of everyone whether that's you know a new app that everyone starts using or whether that's a new way of shopping or if it completely revolutionizes kind of what we're watching on TV um And I don't know about you, but it's always very exciting to kind of see those things come up. And something that's very cool about working in this industry is you tend to be at the forefront of interesting things that are happening.
0: Definitely. It's changing so quickly. And actually, I suppose it'll be interesting to see in the kind of media space how new platforms like... um, Britbox and the new Disney platform, how they'll perform and impact that industry and whether we'll see any more new ones that all kind of transform that area. And also, just in terms of technology, we we never know what kind of scandals are going to happen. You know, no one expected the Cambridge Analytica uh, problem to emerge and it might be that something similar, God forbid, happens in the next 12 months that has a massive impact in how people use and interact with technology how uh, governments legislate it um so yeah it'll be really interesting
1: i'm looking forward to it already lizzie thank you so much again for joining us thanks so much that brings us to the end of this episode of the stream uk um, and also to the end of this season But don't worry, we'll be back in January 2020 to kick off a brand new year with some brand new guests and new topics for us to dig into. In the meantime, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you always get the latest analysis and insights from Alison and Partners here in London. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts, or really wherever you get your podcasts from. And also, we want to hear from you. Do you agree with our 2020 predictions? Is there something that we've missed? Make sure that you follow us on Twitter or on LinkedIn, and you can continue the conversation with us there and let us know what you thought about this episode and about what we're saying is going to happen next year. And don't forget that you can always get our latest news and analysis at alisonpr.co.uk forward slash stream. Thanks so much for stopping by.